Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Chain like hell for you last night, coach. You just don't know. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I, I was, I said, I said, I was just cheering for you, man, because, uh, you know, I saw you with Tech. We'll talk about this in an interview, but when Tech, you know, I know your teams are kind of turn a corner there that night. Mm-hmm. And then COVID hits you again. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I was like, man, not, not, not again. But <laughs> to see your guys, man, person been turning around, man, I'm so proud of your, your, of your team, man. And you, I feel like you got that good GSU Sports Arena karma this year, man, to help you guys as well, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, proud, I'm proud of those guys, man. I really am, you know, happy for them. So, we, you know, we want the, – the, the good thing about the way our, our tournament is scheduled on the calendar – you know, because sometimes you play, you know, some people just start in a conference tournament like this week. And you could be playing in your championship like Saturday or Sunday. And then it's such a quick turnaround for the tournament that even though you enjoy the win, you don't really get to relish in it that much, you know. So I, I like the fact that we get to enjoy it this week, get some time off, get some guys healthy and really take it in and then turn the page and get back in the gym and work a little bit and uh, get back into a little bit of a routine of, you know, what what got us there and go into the tournament with an expectation of winning. No doubt. And, Coach, um, you kind of mentioned it, rest versus rust. So getting guys healthy is more going to be like more of a guys doing drills on their own, shooting on their own. You give them, like, tell them, hey, get off your feet for a couple of days. And So how, so how do you kind of balance that? Rest be rust because I know that's the kind of thing you want to say. Sharp never know that puts that playing game on Tuesday night because of you yeah. know the, the conference. So how do you kind of gauge that going for the rest of this week here? Well, it's different from team to team, but I, you know we got a couple of key guys that are dealing with some some nagging stuff. So you know it just so happens that Lel and Kane, we got some guys who need a few days to you know to recover and to reset and the rest their bodies and get some treatment and get in the cold tub and and just and just you know unwind a little bit and then you know we we can pick our spots but you know we'll still have two or three solid days to prepare after the selection show so you know listen we're, we're playing well so I'm not really worried about rust I, you know I, I want these these guys to enjoy this. You know, they've earned the right to be there. They've won 10 games in a row. So um, we're going to go in and play with confidence. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident about that myself. Now, Coach, uh, you know, we, I saw you at Mercer uh, down there. I saw you at Georgia Tech. And um, you guys kind of trying to find your way. And, you know, the game at Tech was a tough one. You know, you all could have won that game, some bunnies here and there, some free throws, tough overtime loss. Um, but you said in the press conference that you – 
saw some things that night. Did you feel that like you guys are trying to turn the corner that night? And uh, for you, in your mind, what was the turning point after that tech game to get you guys spurred on the streak that you're on, the dance you're in, the big dance that once again represent the Panthers for you guys, man? Well, there was a couple of things, you know, not a uh, not a moment. You know, there's a story about the bus breaking down and, and the guy picking us up. It was a great story because it helped me in a lot of ways develop some clarity on how I wanted to move forward with the team. Um, but I, I, I think there's two things in particular. Um, number one was Kane Williams stepping into the role of leader of the team. You know, his his disposition, because that's what we lack. Any good team is going to have, it's going to be player-led, the really good teams. And, and we lack that. Even though we had older guys, we didn't have a great deal of leadership. And Kane acknowledged that we didn't have that, first of all. Um, and then he stepped into it. And then once he stepped into it, it was easy. It was easier for him to get LEL to join with him on that. LEL is not as good a communicator as Kane, but he's such an inspirational force on our team. And then the other seniors got with those guys. So that, that was number one, Kane. And then just in general, JR, the fact that we didn't allow the adversity to, to uh, break us. We didn't, we didn't quit. So it wasn't like a moment where we could say, well, here's the moment that things change, but it was more the fact that we stayed together and we kept working um, because when you're struggling, listen, when you, when you come to practice every day, the routine, everything, it ain't that much fun when you win it. Most you know? definitely. <laughs> um, but when you're losing, you're really trying to figure out why the hell we doing this. You know, it just is not enjoyable. And that's where that player leadership comes into play. And Kane helped us persevere. So he had a lot to do with that. But in general, the fact that we stayed the course is uh, is what changed us. And I remember you told those guys, Georgia Tech, after the postgame that this is a different team. Each team has to find their way. Because I think a lot of guys in the media don't understand that it's a different team each year. They just say, oh, you're Georgia State. You want to know. It's a, each year is a different team. Different mix, different circumstances, and you said it, it's, it's, a, it's a different team this year. We have to find our way. We're getting, we're not that we're finding our way. I think a lot of times the media guys don't understand it the way I do because I played sports myself. But talk, yeah. talk about how it's a, a different team every year. But you have to kind of find out, find that team has to find their own way. And this year's team took Kane stepping up, and Corey is somewhere offensive getting his getting his body together, and you guys found your way when it counted the most. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, I talk about that a lot. You never have the same team twice. Every team has a one-season lifespan. And even if you have the same individuals back, the individuals don't come back with the same goals and the same mindset every year. If you were a starter last year, you want to be first-team All-League this year. If you were first-team All-League last year, you want to be player of the year. You know, if you were coming off the bench, you want to be a starter. If you didn't play very much, you want a more playing time. So every individual is going to be uh, approaching the year with a different uh, uh, mindset. And so if you get 
12, 13 guys in, in, on the same team. It's still going to be a different makeup of the team. So in our case, we had 15 scholarship players. So we had the same guys back, but we added to the group. So we had more guys who wanted a piece of the pie. So it was competitive. And then, you know, obviously with us, we had some disruption. You know, you talked about it with the with the, the COVID when it hit us after the Georgia Tech game. And, and that was the second time it hit us. So we had all of those factors. And then we, you know, like you said, we had uh, guys step into those leadership roles, which helped us up, helped, helped us out quite a bit. So, but yeah, I, I do think people assume that if you have the same people, you have the same team. And it just simply is is not the case. You know, Kansas City Chiefs had a lot of the same guys. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is the same guy, but it's a different year. And so um, you have to have a mentality that you're going to start over as a coach. And then you got to work to convince them that it's a new journey. And that could be a challenge with young people. Um, and we, we, we had that challenge with this group. I, th- I think, uh, and that was, that was uh, uh, heightened, that challenge, just by the fact that um, we had some of the disruptions come into play as well. You know, it would have been, if we would have been healthy, no injuries, no COVID, we still would have had our share of challenges. Um, so I feel like we had a convergence of things happening all at one time that, uh, you know, we just needed the fog to lift a little bit. And when it did, we got on the path to finding our way. Everybody keeps telling me we got hot at the right time. You know, maybe that is true. I still, I don't know if I accept that yet. I still think we got a long way to go. And I'm glad we're still playing. No doubt. And Coach, what I love about it, like you said, man, finding your way. And for these young men, you know, I'm in my mid-30s. Adversity is hitting my life. So I think these young guys got a, a test early about how, adversity, perseverance can get you to your goals anyway and just overcoming bad situations because, you no know, COVID, so we, we didn't see it coming, but having it happen, that's make you feel better for those young men. It's like, hey, we, we went through COVID. We, we found ourselves and I think you guys got confidence going forward because, hey, man, you they, they could have they quit and you, you and I both know they could have quit, but they did. They stuck together as, as one. Your staff came to work every day and worked hard. I know your staff, Cliff, and those guys, man, worked, worked their butts off and your guys stayed with it. And it, you know, those three, three days in Pensacola, man, it showed its hard work down there. And you are now, y'all, some Bell champions once more. Yeah, you know, you know what? Uh, you just touched on it. You and I talked about this before. Like when your team is going through a tough period, Sometimes with coaching staffs, there's an in- inclination to spend less time around the guys because it can, you, you know, you get into a rut and it can be so burdensome. And the natural inclination for Chris Kreider and Jarvis Hayes and Cliff Warren, and Jordan Glover, our staff, and myself, is to spend more time communicating with our guys during the tough times because. If you if if you spend less time around them during the turbulence, they, they're going to get their information from somewhere. They're going to get the opinions about how the team should be doing and what. They, and so, it's better if they're getting that information from you. Um, the, the message needs to be coming from inside the house, because if it's not, 
they're going to be listening to somebody. Somebody's opinion is going to take precedence over yours. So it's an important time to, you know, we use the phrase circle the wagons. Um, and uh, we did that. And, and my staff does that naturally. I'm fortunate and blessed to have a great staff. And Coach Lanier, you know this, man. Cliff, Jarvis, and Chris are great communicators. That's sure. that's one of their big skills. And watching them on the bench and act with, with your guys, man, it's never like an attack. It's like I'm trying to love on you, but I'm tough, but I'm not saying I'm loving you. Saying I'm trying to give you the knowledge in the best way. Because it's all about delivery, Coach. You know about this, this delivery. Delivery is how somebody will receive it. If you deliver it hard, they might take it a little hard. And you might have a blow up, you know. <laughs> but if you, you give it to them in that right tone and that right delivery, they'll receive it. I think what they do, they do a good job, and you do as well, Coach. You all have a way, a way of delivering things to these young men where they take it and receive it and, and don't take it, take it negatively, which is good. Because some guys want to curse you out, up and down. Nah, you all give it to them in such a way where the guys will take it and accept it, and they'll, and they'll use it down the road. Well, you know this, you've been an athlete. There's a lot of ways to skin a cat, you know? Yes. Uh, you know, that just happens to be the personality of this staff. You know, not that it's right or we're, we do it the best way or whatever. It is our way. And, and uh, you know, the one thing I learned from being around some of the great coaches that I've worked around is that the best way to approach it is to do it as yourself. And, uh you know, I can't coach like anybody else. I can only be myself. And uh, that's what I encourage the guys that that I work with to do is to do it their way. And uh, Cliff's personality is different than Chris's. You know, he's a little bit more fiery, a little bit more passionate, but it's good, you know, because uh, our guys know it's, where it's coming from. So they all have their own personalities, but uh, but they do all happen to be good communicators, like you said. And Coach Baskin's brother, um, last year at State, how much did that come in you all's mind uh, uh, going to last night's game? Because I know it's New Year, new team, but you know last year's when you all kind of faltered there. But how much did that feel your guy say, "Hey, not this year. We're gonna close the deal this year for sure." I thought about it on the bus ride over to the arena. That's the only time I thought about it. Is uh, you know, we probably had like a ten minute drive from the hotel to the arena. And uh, I only thought about it in the context of what I felt like last year on that bus ride because um, I was concerned about whether or not our team was going to approach the game the right way because we had beat them the last time we played them. We were playing really well. We had won eight in a row going into that game, talking about last year. And uh, I was worried whether about whether or not we were mature enough as a team to still play the game. I thought we had a team that wasn't quite mature enough and that they were going to approach the game like it was a movie script. And if, if App State went off script, we were going to be in trouble. And App State came out through the first punch and we never quite recovered. Um, on the bus ride over uh, last night, I, I, I was confident, um, at least insofar as I felt like we had the right mindset. I'll put it to you like this. Um, I, I packed a change of clothes in my backpack 
because I was expecting some water to get thrown on me when I walked in the locker room. I hear that, and I know that was right. And, you know, you all played a good game last night, and Louisiana made a run in the middle of the second, second half. They had a chance for three, missed it. You all make, make the three, go on your run. And I said to myself, they're going to win because they locked in. Like, even though they, they took their they, – they won that punch, Louisiana, and your your guys stayed the course and kept on going. And I said, yep, they, they got it. And seeing that live and in person, seeing your guys – take that punch and stay the course and it had to make you feel good as, as a coach and you know your, your young men have asked that hey, it's just all that actually grow and that's the moment right there and say hey my guys are growing and they should show me something right now yeah we we use the word metal um m-e-t-t-l-e and we put it on the board the night of the semifinal game with the dictionary definition of the word um and we felt like over the last two years, all the experiences that we've had should build some metal in us. And, um, and there's opportunities in games to display that. And that scenario that you just described where um, they missed the open three that would have tied it. We came down and hit a three and got a little separation and maintained it. And, uh, and then we, 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 we kept some distance, but we fought through the adversity of the run that they were making. And when we came to the timeout, you know, you sit in those timeouts, JR, and you look in their eyes. And you can see different things at different times during the course of a season. And uh, I saw nothing but confidence and focus. And, uh, you know, confidence is a two-way street. Sometimes you give it to them, sometimes they give it to you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And I was trying to give it to them, but in a lot of ways, they were the ones giving me the confidence. So uh, it was a good night. And coach, you know, I, I don't hide it. I'm not. I'm very much partial to you. I, I don't hide. It. It's going to be impartial, but I'm, when it comes to you, I'm not impartial. So I tell you, I, I openly cheer for you. I don't hide it at all. Everybody knows I openly cheer for you. It's not even a secret. So it's like, you know, I'm like last time I was like, look. Oh, man. I am cheering for Coach Ladera. That's my guy. I've been my guy. State has to win. Represent for City in Atlanta, man. And, you know, it makes me feel good because I feel like State is Atlanta school. No, no disrespect to Josh and Georgia Tech. State is more of Atlanta school. It's just people. Anybody in Atlanta can afford to go, go to State. It's for everybody. Tech, you know, you can see me a little smarter kind of a cat. <laughs> but Atlanta is. <laughs> State is Atlanta school. So how do it make you feel? This is for the ATL. You came here, to, took this job, man, and now you punched this ticket for Georgia State once more. State's always been in, in those tournaments, man, when Hunter, when Hunter was here. But now you're doing it now, Coach Lanier, and now your staff, man. Man, you got to make you feel really good, and your family has to feel really good as well, making the decision to come to Atlanta. I'm glad you did come from Cleveland to the come, come on down here, man. Yeah, no, I feel like we found a home, you know, and I felt like that before last night. Um. But, you know, this is special, man. When you see all that emotion on the court, those guys, you know, I've been watching that video over and over today. The Sunbelt made a nice little highlight video of the the, uh, the little celebration on the court after the game. You know, you know, when you have a vision for your program and a philosophy and an approach that you want to take and you're trying to get your staff and your players to buy into it and believe in it, and you work hard to bring a group of people together and it comes together and culminates in a night like last night, 
not only is it a celebration of, uh, of an accomplishment, but for me, I also look at it as a springboard to greater success because it creates now a frame of reference and a standard for why we do what we do, why we practice the way we do, why we work the way we do, this, why we have the standards that we have so that the young people who return to the program they come back with a totally different mindset about this whole journey and process. And you can now develop leaders inside of your program because they now you've painted a vision for them of what it feels like and when it looks like. And the great thing about it, celebration last night is they got to want to experience that again and again and again. They got to want more because I want more. You know, and so um, I, I do, I do, I do, uh, I, I think it's a great opportunity for us to to grow the program. Most definitely. And uh, new arena coming uh, next year, communication center coming down and then Turner Field, the Summer Hill area, man. And uh, how was that coming along, Coach? Have you seen any, have you been over to see it? Uh, how excited are you to get in there, get in there next year, man, once all this, all this, everything gets painted over there and everything's getting ready, ready to go rock and roll over there, man? Yeah, we're going to be having some some recruits come in soon. You know, once the season is over, I haven't been over there since December. So, um, and I was excited about what I was seeing then. And I know that you know since December they've made some 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 changes. So uh, I can't I can't wait to see what the progress looks like. Coach Lanier, thank you for your time tonight, man. Uh, you're my guy, man. I can say it. I'll be cheering. Wait, you back up cheering for you, brother. You know that. <laughs> I am, I, I am very much partial to Coach Lanier, people. I know I don't deny it. I don't deny it. I'm very much partial to Coach Lanier. So, Coach, thank you for your time, brother. I uh, hope to see you Sunday at the, at the party before I go to the Hawks game, man. And I know you have a media availability on Friday. Hopefully, I'll come back and get you over there as well, man. But if I don't see I you for the tournament, man, Coach. Uh, best of luck to you. You know, I'm, you know I'm cheering for you, brother. You already, know, you already know that I got you right here in my heart, brother. Oh, man. Appreciate you, brother. Anytime, Coach. Be safe, man. Thanks. All right. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.